The college football bowl season is heating up. Last year, we went an outstanding 10-1 on our bowl predictions, including hitting three Moneyline underdog outright winners. With big games coming this weekend, act now to get a $75 discount on not only our bowl plays, but our full NFL and college football postseason package. Just Google Sharp Football, click on the website, Sharp Football Analysis, and click the blue banner up top to get access. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. Week 17. We're here. We're, we're almost at the end. I uh, got a couple of meaningful games on the on the slate this week. How are we doing today? Doing real good. Yeah, we're, we're really kind of put, putting a bow on this thing here. You know, go ahead into the New Year's. It's, it, it feels good and weird all at the same time. Some of these games that happened earlier in the year feel like they happened another season ago. Uh, for sure but then some of it feels like it went by really fast as well but it always does but yeah they're there it's weird we have a kind of like a a full slate of games and there aren't like a lot of like really great like matchups uh, outside of a couple and there are really this week aren't like a lot of games that are like where both sides like are like have like huge implications on each other either so it's kind of unique this week so we'll see what kind of shakes out for this week heading into the final week yeah it's it's a weird thing. It's funny that, that like there's a couple they're like they tried to make some like rivalry games a little bit. And obviously they the NFL has done that where they wanted to do like the back half of uh or the like final two weeks of the season really be, you know, divisional heavy and that's gonna be all, you know, week eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh then you look, you know, you have like the Miami and New England's and then it's just kinda funny. We probably won't really talk about this game, but in all of the, the rivalries, then you also get like Philly, New Orleans, where you're you're playing for the Saints pick, like yeah. with all these other rivalry games, like having a game like that, like also just kind of fall into the slate is is funny. Um, so yeah, we we do have a bunch of games here that you know are are interesting. Uh, we can say that we've said that for what interesting works. Like I, I think we let, let's start with the one that probably has like the most riding on it. And again, not sure if we should say good for this game, but <laughs> Panthers, Panthers, Buccaneers um, is kind of a pseudo NFC South championship game. If Tampa Bay wins, they are the NFC South champions. Um, if Carolina wins, they still have to win out in order to oh, win the division. That would be against the saints uh, in week 18 and Carolina beating the Bucks and then losing the division because they can't beat the Saints in week 18 would be like the most 2022 thing and, and most 2022 Carolina Panthers thing. We've seen play- South thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So um, the Bucks are winning in. Carolina still has to win two games in order to uh, get through. So this, I mean, it is more interesting than I think it would have been. Like the, the – like even a couple weeks ago when like the Bucks like hadn't been doing well and the Panthers were still kind of like hanging in games. It was kind of like a fun joke to be like, oh, the Panthers still have a shot at this. But like over the past couple weeks, the Panthers, I don't want to say like playing well, but like they've done enough to be intriguing. And especially it comes into the run game, right? Like we go back to last week, ran all over. Uh, the Lions and like the Lions losing out their likely shot at the playoffs because they couldn't stop the Panthers on the ground is also a very 2022 thing uh, that we're seeing here. But really interesting. So the Panthers, it's since uh, week 12, I believe they're second in EPA per rush. Um, and, and that's two, or sorry, second in EPA per rush to the outside. Uh, and like almost 70% of those runs are against stack boxes. They've, they've really pushed like what they're doing uh, outside the tackles. And they're a very, you know, under center heavy uh, type of game there. And when you look at what the Buccaneers are doing, we kind of like prop up the Bucks as this like really good run defense. And, and they kind of have been, but on outside runs, they're 22nd um, in EPA per play. Uh, since week 12 but they're sixth in success rate and that kind of is a, another thing just with their overall run defense they're second in success rate on the uh, against the run uh, since week 12 but they're 16th in epa per rush so they're 
able to stop most of the runs, but they're giving up some big plays. And that's kind of what this Panthers offense right now has been built around a little bit. A lot of these outside runs, a lot of kind of sh- trying to stretch uh, horizontally. That's played a lot into, you know, some of the passing game that they've been doing too. Um, so I think Carolina can maybe, you know, take advantage uh, on the ground a little bit especially if they're getting wide, not running up the middle. And I think like that's where teams get in trouble against Tampa Bay. But I think you can get them a little, a little bit on the outside. And that, that stretches to, you know, the, the passing game, the run game a little bit. Like Sam Darnold's, I guess we kind of have a, have to have a Sam Darnold conversation, right? It, since he start, like took over as the starter, uh, that's since week 12. And uh, they had a bye in week 13. But since week 12, when he took over as a starter, He's second in EPA per play among quarterbacks. Um, I mean, Jared Goff is number one in that span. So, like, you can see how some short samples are, you know, you're not going to, you know, take those as gospel as true quarterback play. But also, he's only had 97 dropbacks uh, over those games. So, like, they're not asking him to go high volume. 47.7% of his dropbacks are on play action. This is a very heavy, like, training wheels, the bowling bumpers uh, type of offense that they have Sam Darnold going in. But when they have that success on the ground, they're able to do that. He's going with the the read option game a little bit. He had a couple of nice runs uh, against the Lions. And I think like that's a place where they can do it too. So like, this Panthers offense is doing enough interesting things where if they can have success on the ground, that's really been able to you know push what they've been able to do and probably – is going to be really the key of whether they can get that going, uh, whether they're going to be able to to hang with the Bucks or not. Yeah, the the Panthers are are intriguing for you know they already beat the Bucks with P, with PJ Walker as a starter. They only have three points in that game. They ran for 173 yards in that game, but we're also just a week removed where they had no shot of beating the Steelers at home. Yeah, like they were never in that game <laughs> against Mitchell Trubisky. So it's like, yeah, this has been kind of a summation of what the you know, the, the Panthers are, the NFC South is what football in 2022 is. Uh, these teams definitely just c- kind of oscillate week to week, right? Of like, are they good? Are these, is this the worst team I've ever seen? Or the best team, right? The Lions just did it last week, right? Like we keep going back and forth on all these teams and the Panthers are definitely in that, that bucket as well. The Buccaneers are, are not in that bucket. They are a slog on offense. They've, they, they've had, I mean, they've had two games now where it looked like they looked like the worst offense that you could ever put on the field and how will they ever get another first down? And then for some reason, it's like, Hey, we need two touchdowns the last two minutes. Like, cool. We got this. And like, they just like go down the field, both drives and then score touchdowns. And they win these games. And, uh, it's wild that they've been able to turn that on. Both and that's games. kind of the, the frustrating <laughs> thing, right? right? Because if it was like, if this was just like a yeah. shit offense, fine. But like the fact that they do have that hurry up in them, that's kind of like what we've been waiting for this entire season where like we talked about it throughout the entire thing. It's like they have pieces where if they wanted to use them correctly, this could be an offense that scores. And and we've seen that in the hurry up when Brady's in a little more control of the offense, just kind of, you know, drop back and sling it. And that that's the frustrating thing. If this was just a bad offense, it, it would be fine. But the fact that they do have glimpses of that is still frustrating. But again, it's not something that they've ever been able to put together for the full game so it's just yeah i mean they they haven't scored more than 23 points in a game since week four and that was that blowout against the chiefs and they've given us glimpses right like you said like the rams game the saints game last week against the cardinals you get those those hurry up scores out of desperation time when you need it and then you go back two weeks ago against the Bengals, and they've got and then even you include the seattle game in germany they have things where they have stuff that works and then they just go completely away from it i mean that right. the, the london game you they, they had the play action game in the middle uh middle of the field passing stuff really working and they come back out of the bye against the browns and do none of it the Bengals game the first half they they use motion at the at the league's you know highest rate they used it all season right they use play action at one of their highest rates season in the second half go completely away from it I mean, it's it's a completely frustrating coaching staff. Uh, definitely, too, when you hear them talk in games and talk about game plans, it's it's, it's it drives me absolutely crazy. Uh, this is the Dan Quinn thing we always talk about too. Like Dan Quinn is in the right spot. We've talked about it. like he should be a defensive coordinator. Todd Bowles should be a defensive coordinator. He shouldn't be a head coach of any team. Like, yeah. and and that's kind of where these. It, it feels like there's a huge disconnect too with Brady too and the coaching staff. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I, you, like you can see it like almost visually, like the disconnect between the between the two and the marriage of that. Um, 
but like you said, they, the Bucks can actually lose this game and still get in, which is even more wild. Uh, and to, to think about, like they they still kind of don't even have to worry about controlling their own destiny, destiny, even though they do if they win this game. Right. Yeah. It's the the coaching staff of of Tampa Bay is is very frustrating, uh, and and we've we've talked about it a bunch. I think one of the underrated things here is like did did Trevor Lawrence like dodge a bullet because there was like an hour when byron leftwich was yes the the head coach of the jacksonville jaguars uh over the offseason um and then the whole like he wouldn't work with trent balky type thing like there was like a, a power struggle before anything was actually official um i don't know if we're watching Ooh. like this type of offense like i i don't know how byron leftwich would be as like a, a head coach and maybe a little less hands-on with with the offense um but We're gonna eventually watching, get watching, the story on this Bucks, like what happened yeah. these last two years, like because there's so much no one knows about, right? That like we don't know, like what happened with the Brady retirement, the Bruce Arians like transition, uh, this coach like this year, like there's gonna be so much like down the road we'll find out. Yeah, that's that's gonna be an, uh, <laughs> another good like Seth Wickersham book. Um, that. It's it's got to be right, yeah, because it is really interesting. It seems like there were there were a lot of frustrations with Arians, but it kind of seems like he was the one keeping it together. I I don't know, yeah, it's it, nothing has worked out the way they had hoped uh, when all of this like we, we it was it was a whole bringing the band back together thing, and and mm-hmm. that doesn't always work out. But you kind of like looked at what all of this was, and obviously there were like some injuries, especially early in the season when you lose like Brian Jensen. Uh, like before the season even starts obviously like it's th- there was a lot that that happened there but you just it, it shouldn't have been this stagnant and and frustrating throughout the season um and, and that was kind of the thing even when it, it wasn't really working you still thought like you still have the pieces like you have mike evans um even if chris godwin like hasn't been a hundred percent all season i think like he, he even he's admitted that uh but still like even 80% of Chris Godwin's is still a pretty good receiver. Um, it's just, it, yeah, nothing about the Bucks should have been this frustrating, especially early in the season when, when the defense was really good and then they've had some injuries. It's, it's, been, it's been tough, um, and it has not been fun to watch them uh, at all. So I don't think the Panthers, like, make a good playoff team, but like, I also don't want to watch yeah. the oh, Buccaneers man, in the playoffs the either. Anymore. Uh, uh, definitely don't need to see that. Yeah, so uh, the and the Panthers are the Panthers are doing some fun things uh, on defense again. And they kind of had been, you know, earlier in the season, even when it wasn't great. Um, and then you know, under Phil Snow and you know Steve Wilkes, former defensive coordinator, so they've still been doing some some fun things uh, on defense. Obviously, that that defensive line is is a lot of fun. Uh, you have Brian Burns. Uh, you just you get, go with a whole bunch of guys there that are creating that pass rush. Obviously, the having J.C. Horn not being able to play is going yeah. to be tough. Like, if we see, like, are we going to see Josh Norman on the field this week? Like, that's a scary <laughs> proposition. Um, even regardless of what Tampa Bay has been able to do. So like they're, they're hitting some injuries there. I, I just think it, it kind of comes down to the offense, how creative that can be. And like the props to Ben McAdoo over the past couple of weeks, it's kind of been like, this, this is what I have to work with. Let's make the best of it. And, and I, I think they have like, right. Obviously you're not going to sustain like a full season uh, with like a, a play action rate at like 50%, but uh, they've been in the game script where they've been able to do that. You're not asking Sam Darnold to, to just straight drop back at all. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of shots coming off of, of play action a little bit, uh, or when the shots are there, they're, they're at least open. You can, you know, have DJ Moore um, they're coming alive just a, a little bit when, when those shots are available. So um, when you, when you're He's living that Garoppolo uh, game plan, kind of, they're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of that where it's like, you know, like, cause you, you know, this is where EPA gets kind of dunked on a little bit. Yeah. Cause like the efficiency stuff isn't really good for him. It's like the difference between like completion rate and like yards for pass attempt and then just not turning the ball over. Right. That's like right. kind of like, the, that's like what Garoppolo's thing whole, whole deal was. And that's where we're living with Sam Donald right now. Cause he's got a low, super low completion rate. He's also not throwing a lot of passes, but when they are throwing, they're taking shot plays, and that's why you're getting more incompletions. And when you connect on them, though, they're they're big plays. And then if you just don't turn the ball over, hey. 
Yeah, and and that's <laughs> what they've been doing. And, yep. and when it it's connected to that run game too, so it's not like the the incompletions on the deep shots are really killing you because they do have an efficient yeah. run game that that's been able to, to keep them going. So if if they get, I think it comes back to you to that run game if they can get some runs going to the outside they can they can keep it going because i think that that's been well designed too and that that offensive line right is has been good we we talked about it before the season like that was a sneaky like at least okay offensive line and i think it's gotten better throughout the season um and that's where this good run game has been able to come like you lose christian mccaffrey and um and the run game has still been good and i think the the offensive line has been a big piece of that um and that's going to be a fun building block, like going forward for whatever you know the the next version of the Panthers are uh, in 2023. It is weird though, too when you go like down their game log, but like they have they just have these games where like they're running, they're running. If you go down there, just look at like they're since they traded Chris McCaffrey, all these rushing yards they have. But then they have these games: 64 yards, 36 yards, 21 yards of rushing, and it's like, yep, uh, like and you can see right, like those are losses, right? Yeah, those are their losses. Like they just because if they don't have that, like if the Bucks, if they start the game and they and the Bucks are honed in on this run game and they're stopping it, like that's where this thing avalanches out. Like for for the Panthers, they haven't been able to win these games without having that that set up. Yeah, and and that's I think what it what it's gonna all come because their rushing stuff definitely isn't a correlation causation thing. It's it's a causation thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they need to do that. And again, it, it sets up the, that entire thing. Um, you know, not that, you know, we're saying it establishes the run at all, but like the the efficiency of that run game is what allows them to not well, have to drop I mean, back they, and pass. Yeah. You have DJ Moore and then you have a bunch of dudes. I mean, yeah. Shy Smith's like getting some targets. They're getting LaVisca Chenault like involved in just like a, the quick game a little bit. They've got Terrace Marshall still who has never manifested. Like they just don't, and they have no tight ends. Like, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> so it, it, it's weird because the, the tight ends are, are have been real good in, in that run game when they're, yeah, they're good blockers. 12, oh, they're, they're demons. 12 personnel. Yeah. Got Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble. Um, you, they threw some blocks uh, in that Lions game, but ask them to catch a pass. And I think they're both averaging like under a yard per route run. It's it's not good when when they have to go out for a pass. Um, but having them having them blocks uh, been great. So yeah, it's it, there's there's a lot of you know weird things going on with the Panthers. But you know, 2022 Panthers NFC champions or NFC South champions. I expect uh, it to be tight though. I mean, listen, the Bucks like listen, they just faced Trace McSorley and it was tight. You know, they they, they, they probably could have lost the Saints. They could have lost to that Rams team. The Browns played them like you know, they lost the Browns. Like to, to expect the Bucks to just run away from anyone at this point, though, probably not gonna happen. Oh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I do, couldn't imagine. Um, all right, let's let's move on to another game. It's two teams on the outside looking in, but, but fairly big shifts in in playoff odds um depending on you know who wins so jet seahawks interesting game the geno smith uh, revenge game here jets currently because of uh, some of their recent losses 15 percent uh chance to make the playoffs for 538 that goes up to 36 percent uh if they win seattle right now also on the outside looking in because they've had a, a rough stretch uh, over the past couple of weeks 27 percent to make the playoffs right now they go up to 43 percent um, if they win, there's a, a interesting dynamic here because a lot of what the Seahawks were able to do in in the passing game was kind of it was a, a nice in rhythm uh, passing game. They weren't giving up a lot of pressure. The rookie tackles were holding up real well, and they kind of aren't. It's been a, a little bit of a rough stretch. Now you're going to go up against a, a Jets defensive line uh, that has. Some good pressure off the edge. You have the Quinton Williams, who's playing at an all pro level uh, in the middle of that defense. And then you go outside to, to those two corners uh, who were playing really well. You're not going to Tyler Lockett it should be back, but wonder whether he's hundred percent. And obviously it's just uh, a lot of things that were going right for Seattle at the start of the season. Now not, and this is another place where uh, start with the the run game a little bit because they just haven't been able to to get that going. And this is still a team like it's not so much a, a Pete Carroll established the run type thing, but they were they were boom and bust at their best 
and the bust is kind of happening a little more often now. So, so since that, that Germany game, they went on their bye, they came back. They're 29th in EPA per rush since their bye. And that's, that's a real rough place to be because they, they do want to run the ball. Um, 24% of their runs have gone for zero or negative yards, and that's 28th uh, in the league. So now they're putting themselves in in big down and distance, uh, especially when you get to third down and that stuff. Geno Smith's not thrown it quite as far downfield as he was. Um, uh, before the bye, at two yards uh, past the sticks on third down was his average pass. Since the bye, it's 1.6 yards behind the line. So there's been a big shift in where they've been able to do. And I think a lot of that has been kind of some of the down and distance uh, they've been in putting themselves into some of those, you know, obvious passing situations uh, because that run game just can't really go. That's part of the offensive line. That's kind of, you know, they didn't have Kenneth Walker for some of that, but when Kenneth Walker's in, like he is that type of, you know, boomer bust type guy kind of looking for that home run. It just, it hasn't worked. So it's put them in some disadvantaged situations. Um, and if if you're going against the Jets defense, like that, that's going to be rough. Yeah. I mean, the, the interior offensive line has been kind of not good all year. And they just, you know, they had, they had some injuries at guard that, you know, definitely got kind of exposed last week against the chiefs. Uh, and they've just faced better defenses too yeah. over the back half of the year than the front half of the year. Um, so that's kind of just really kind of caught them. I and mean, anytime you play, like he's, like you said, they were, they went, you know, Rams, Panthers, 49ers, Chiefs in a row. And, you know, the Chiefs aren't a team that, like, are going to blow metrics out of the water defensively, but, like, they they have a good active defensive line. So that's kind of caught up to them a little bit, obviously not having Tyler Lockett. Geno's still played pretty well in contract of, like, what he's doing. I think as a, as a process, like, Geno, yeah, has not been bad. Like, he's he is mm-hmm. still doing well. It's a lot of the situation. It's a top-down, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's more of a top-down issue. It's not like the the – the rose is wilted on Gino. Like he's not, it's like he's turned back into a pumpkin or something. Like he right. still is doing what he can. It's more of a top down, uh, a top down offensive kind of issue. Uh, and obviously he's the driver and will take a lot of blame for that, but he's still making throws out there and yeah. he's still, he, you know, he's still making plays. It's just this, this just a bad situation really is kind of where we're at. Uh, and it's hard to see it really getting better this week against the jets. Like you said, uh, everything the jets are good at, that are good at taking away are the things Seattle wants to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't throw outside against the jets at all. Right. And that's yeah. kind of where Seattle lives. Uh, and the jets are really good against the run and Seattle has been just complete home runner bust, you know, rushing, rushing unit. So I don't expect it to really get any better. Probably the more intriguing side is, you know, getting Mike white back and getting to run a functional offense um because the seattle defense has gotten a little leaky here too but uh um definitely it's more in the run game right like they're getting just just steamrolled in the run so do we see the jets able to run the football because the jets haven't been able to run the football at all for the last three weeks so it's gonna be interesting to see like what happens here offensively for both teams like it could be kind of a, a game that is kind of ugly uh for sure uh this one yeah it certainly can be so on on the, on the Seahawks side. So I think one of the best things Geno Smith has really done is the, the decision-making is, has been good. Like he has not put the ball in, in harm's way uh, a lot. So he, uh, production stats, only 13.1% of his throws have been into tight windows. And that's, um, you know, a, a yard or fewer of, of separation. The Jets, they uh they only create tight windows. So uh, DJ Reed, uh, 35.7% of targets against him are in tight windows. That's one of the 10 highest rates uh, in the league. Sauce Gardner is 30%. So these guys are going to be tight and they, you know, they don't play a lot of like straight up man coverage, which I think we've, like we've kind of talked about, you know, they'll, they'll play some, some quarters, they'll play some, you know, cover three, they'll, they'll play that type of, um, you know, the, the San Francisco style defense. But when those guys are, are on you, those are not, there's not a lot of open throwing lanes uh, when you're playing against the jets. And that's kind of what the Seahawks have been able to take advantage of. So I'm real interested to see like what that is going to look like. You know, obviously you have Lockett uh, in the slot a little bit, so they'll be able to maybe take advantage there. Um, that sauce on, on DK Metcalf is going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And on the other side, uh, you know, Tariq Woolen on, you know, whether it's Garrett Wilson, obviously you can, 
you know, both of these teams just play sides. So if you want to, you can you know, move these guys around and you know get away from the the best corner. Um, but yeah, it's it, interesting matchup again. Like you said, it, it could be ugly because it just I'm not. Sh- I'm not well, sure. This what Jet, this... The thing is, like this Jets offensive line has been bad all year. Yeah, it's like really bad, and they've had so many injuries. It's not completely their fault. You know, they've, right. they've tried to. They've invested into this offensive line in the past years. Just everyone's gotten hurt. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing is like, can that offensive line? Can they get a run game going? That you know, because I mean, because from a passing stance too, what the Jets do offensively, like, is what Seattle's really good at taking away too. Uh, you know, you look at this, you, Seattle hasn't allowed a hundred yard wide receiver since week one. And, you know, that's because they're getting usually shredded by tight ends, but like, is Tyler Conklin going to like now carry this offense? You know, is, is CJ Uzoma going to carry this passing game? It seems like a stretch to believe like those guys are going to get like hyper involved. Those tight ends have had shot plays and they've had big plays dialed up for them, but to like lean on the passing game, right? Cause that's what you're going to need. You're going to need a, a, probably a big game from Elijah Moore. I know everyone's excited about Garrett Wilson getting play with Mike white again, but I mean, he's basically been a strict outside wide receiver, um, you know, the back half of the year. So are they able to get, you know, some of these other guys that they haven't really contributed to contribute this week. That's what they're going to need. Those, the non Garrett Wilson plays have to happen. Yeah. And that, that's been uh, kind of a, a key for, for the Jets a lot, like whether you can get some of those the slot guys that come in. Um, obviously, the Elijah Moore with with Mike White, like he he gets that bump too, mm-hmm. um, right? Because the, it's the the Zach Wilson uh, Elijah Moore thing uh, was was not a lot of things weren't happening with Zach Wilson, but Elijah yeah. Moore was was really not happening. You can't um, have Chris Traveler come in and move the football uh, better than you were. <laughs> Oh man, and the, the, just the quarterback situation has that's what a, what a it's it's it really is disappointing because this Jets defense is really good. Um and just like it's really been a waste of it like all year. Um for it for it to come like this, for them to enter this game with a 15% chance to to make the playoffs is is real rough. And, and it's one of those things where like I mean, we don't want to get like too ahead of ourselves, but you have to like really think about what you're going to do at quarterback next because you kind of have to, you know, take advantage of, of this defense while you have it. Like just because Quinton Williams is young and just because, you know, it's sauce Gardner is, is a rookie doesn't really mean this type of window with a really good defense is, is going to extend for a long time. I think Absolutely. we, we kind of know that that defense uh, can be very volatile from year to year. Those windows can shut very quickly. So what the Jets are going to do at quarterback to you. The good thing is that is when you look at like the offense, though, like the pieces are there. Like, you know, if, if right. the offensive they've, line can they've be They've been healthy, there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like one of these like total situations where it's just like a, 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 a great defense, like dragging this miserable offense. It's literally just like you said, it's all comes to the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, this is a good situation. Like, if you come back with uh, a healthy offensive line, right? Um, Elijah Vera Tucker it, it should be back. Obviously, that that was a big loss, um, you know, early in the season. Uh, there's there's so many things that are working. Like the and the Jets structurally, they're still good offensively. Like that that entire because yeah, you get a little bit out of Mike White. Like, that's right. why people get hooked on the Mike White thing every time. Right, because it is <laughs> schematically a good offense that Zach Wilson just kind of refused to fully take advantage of. Um, so, well, when you look at that, yeah, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, you, you still have all of these pieces on, on offense. You'll get Brees Hall back uh, at some point next year. Like, uh, offensively, this is going to be a good place for a quarterback to slide in, whether – you know, they get aggressive with the rookie. I'm not sure if they would do that. Maybe it's a, a Derek Carr. Yeah, this team type feels like of place. they're definitely going to get an established quarterback. Like one of these, whether, whether it ends up being the Tannehill sweepstakes, the Derek Carr, the Garoppolo. Obviously, Garoppolo is going to be like the guy everyone draws the easiest correlation to, right? Uh, yeah. But like any of the, I think they're going to be an out of veteran guy for sure. Because you still have Mike White, I believe, is still under contract too. And you know, like he can be a viable backup based on the two years. So I think that they're definitely going to go vet, veteran. Yeah. The that, question that, is, what do they do at Zach Wilson? Do they outright, does someone pick him up? Does someone offer them? Did someone just like try to regroup this? Like someone that believes they're a quarterback guru? 
Uh, do they outright release him? I, I can't believe he's going to be on a team next year. Yeah, it would be very hard for him to still be on the Jets. So, yeah, it's no, what a, what a strange place. Um, that, that the we've Jets seen it though. I mean, the last yeah. this this would never exist a decade ago, but we've seen now with Josh Rosen and you know Dwayne Dwayne Haskins and uh, now Zach Wilson. Like the, the, these teams will move on from these guys now a lot sooner than really willing to just like kind of grind out these rookie contracts. Right. Yeah. When when it's a disaster and and you have a team around that can you know that a better quarterback play can take advantage. Um, you, you have to make the move. It's, it's not like a, we've just, we've seen enough from Zach Wilson to know it's just, it's not it. Mm-hmm. Um, not yeah. there at least. It's not, it's just not going to happen. I mean, probably isn't going to happen at all, but yeah, I mean, if this ain't it, it the system he is in is designed to make bad quarterbacks look good. Yeah. Right. Like we've, you fall for these type of play action, heavy quarterbacks all the time. And like, if you can't win in that system, I'm I'm not sure what type of offensive system or what type of coaching you're you're looking for. Um, but someone will believe they can do it because they're sure. always one. Yeah, yeah. He'll, There's he'll always be, somebody. He'll be a, a backup and and you know be in a. Hey, Rose is still floating camp. around getting checks, so good for him. Yeah, and he's been on like ten teams already. Hey, hey. Listen, Josh Dobbs made that start last night. You just hang around. You just you just keep fighting, man. Keep pushing it uphill. There we go. Yeah. There's you. I mean, yeah, we just saw Trace McSorley make a start last week. Like, yep. said, like a quarterback, quarterbacks find their way to playing time by just being around. Just hang um, around. All right. Um, so <laughs> Detroit and Chicago, somewhat interesting. We don't have to stay on this game for, for too long because the, like you said, Detroit basically torpedoed their shot at the playoffs uh, by allowing the Panthers to, to run all over them. And that was just kind of uh, one of the weaknesses of the Lions all season. Um, you know, even while the defense kind of, you know, turned around to, to average, right, over the second half of the season. Um, and, and that was good with with the offense. But and after that game, you, you just – you couldn't afford a loss to the Panthers. So going um, into this game, they have a 24% chance to make the playoffs uh, per 538. That only goes up to 32% if they win. So they they need oh, they need they need so other, much yeah. help from from everybody else. And I think the the thing that I, I want to watch here because even if like that stuff does break right, the the run defense still is is a concern. And when you kind of look at what the NFC is. Like you have well, the Eagles defense who can, right. But like, especially the run defense though. No, like, there's no have... aspect of it. That's good. Sure. But like <laughs> yeah, not being able to stop the run, especially in the NFC, I think is, would be very much a concern because you have the Eagles. You can run all over the place. You have the 49ers. You can run uh, all over the place. You just kind of look up and down of like what the NFC would be. And then you go into Chicago. Like this is a team that only, wants to run the ball like they they don't have anything to pass to um so you look at like especially with the the quarterback design runs like the last time the the lions faced like a quarterback who was was josh allen um and and he went uh, 10 for 78 um that was between some some scrambles some design runs like this could be a a, a big justin fields game and like, i think this could potentially like make the Lions season look even worse if they like can't stop the run against the bears. And I think all of like the goodwill that maybe like has been built up kind of doesn't look quite as good. If like the bears are just going to run all over them. So like just kind of where we see the lions and what they like really need to, to fix going forward, I think could like maybe even take like a bigger swing uh, depending on how much they can stop the bears on the ground. Yeah, it just depends on how that foot for Justin Fields is feeling. You know, apparently he had his foot stepped on and it was bleeding through the sock and stuff. And that's why he didn't really run last week. Yeah. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that. I mean, the, the Bears just have no offensive players. Uh, you know, the Bears have actually been like, they put up a fight the last few weeks. Like, uh, they've lost three games in a row to the Packers, the Eagles, and the Bills. But like, they've like been in those games until like the second half. Yeah. 
uh, all of those games. Like they they were fighting in all of those games. Like so they aren't completely getting dog walked like they they were like for like the middle season stretch. Right. Um, they have been kind of hanging around in those games and just wilted late because they just don't have the ammo. And that's kind of where we are with the Bears. And obviously they know it too. They're trying to build pieces. Obviously we talked about the Chase Claypool trade and. You know how that's probably not going to look good, but yeah, that's where it all comes down to is if Justin, the health of Justin Fields is basically going to be the catalyst here. Cause if Justin Fields can't run, then we've got nothing. We've got nothing here to build, build the offense on. Yeah. yeah it's the black box. It's the black box here. Yeah, it really, and like they, they have been like, why don't there, there is no question. Like, why don't we build the whole plane out of Justin Fields runs? Like they, they are. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I give them credit though. I mean, because even that first drive against the Bills, like they've got, like they clearly have like a good plan of attack offensively. Yep. They just don't have any good offensive line, really, any good pass catchers. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I just, think yeah. there there is, um, yeah, there there definitely is like hope and optimism. Like I think they are a, a well coached team. Um, I think the the offense is obviously you know figured out what it can do with what it has. Um, and, and on defense, like, obviously they, they gave up their, their two best players, but they're, they're showing flashes. Like when, when Jalen Johnson's healthy, like he is a good corner. Like he had that, um, what's it? The, the bills game, um, or no, the, sorry, the, the Eagles game, like the AJ Brown still went off for like over a hundred yards, but like there, there were plays where Jalen Johnson was, was playing really well, um, uh, against them. And, uh, you know, you have Jaquan Brisker, there's some there's interesting pieces there that you can, you know, continue to build around. So I think the, the bears are going to be fun. Um, a lot of, a lot of cap space. I think they have the most cap space uh, for any team heading into the off season. So. Yeah. It's just going to be interesting. So from a front office stance, I still have very high questions on how they operated this past season. Definitely what yeah. they targeted in the draft, the types of players they targeted in the draft. And then you add the Claypool trade here. Uh, what they target in free agency. I, I have a lot of questions still, like what the, the process is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think he maybe, you know, bring in a couple pieces and like this. Anytime you're drafting 25 year old wide receivers, I gotta, I gotta wonder like what, what, the, what the thought process is going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It <laughs> could be interesting. They, they are, I think, one of, the most intriguing teams uh, coming into this offseason just because of, you know, you've seen, you can now build around fields. I feel like in the beginning part of, of the season, that was still a question. Um, but I think with the, finding what he can do on the ground and finally leaning into that, I think that that's certainly at least, Oh yeah. You have doesn't have the question. Yeah. If it works out like, yeah. And, and now you, you, you have that cap space. You're sitting with the second overall pick, Right now, what they do with that is going to be real interesting. You probably, you know, want to trade back, recoup some of what you lost from the the Claypool trade, right? And kind of bring in a couple more players here because you just you, you need depth, you need talent. Um, so, real interested in, in the Bears offseason here, but uh, we can hit that at a yeah, yeah. at a different time. But that's it's it's a fun look ahead because you can kind of using these past next couple weeks you know, see what these teams either, you know, think of themselves, right? You look at the Titans, obviously they're not happy with like anything they have on the roster. Like this might be a, a place where they, you know, completely blow everything up, right? Like we can use these next two weeks to like kind of see what these teams out of contention, even though the, the Titans could still win the AFC South. Uh, but just an example, you can see what some of these teams kind of really think of themselves. So um, they're yeah, real we, tough scenes for Malik Willis. Real tough scenes. Yeah, it's not looking great. Um, okay, there's been so, a lot of teams, man. We do feel like we're doing it every year now, but there, there's gonna be a massive QB turnover again this year. You there's so there's a lot of teams that are gonna need a quarterback, whether the quarterbacks are, are there to get. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> well, listen, we'll probably have guys like backups, like. Like Jacoby Brissett probably played well enough to potentially start somewhere again. Gardner Minshew probably bought himself a, a, a ticket to start somewhere, right? Yeah, there's there's going to be some wild quarterback competitions. Uh, yes, yeah, twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um. All right. Two teams uh, that are do not have questions uh, at quarterback, and this is probably the most fun game of the week, even though it doesn't. 
I guess it, it kind of matters for for some seeding because Buffalo still looking for uh, that top seed really needs to to win um, to to lock it in. We got Bills and Chargers. Or, sorry, Bills and Bengals on and the first time that they played on That's Monday night. Yeah, just Burrow Burrow Allen uh, won. <laughs> Never played yet. Yeah, and, uh, like we we were talking uh, earlier, just how the AFC picture with quarterbacks, like if the Jaguars get in is, is a whole lot of fun. And then this is yeah. one, one of those types of matchups where we just kind of see the two offenses that have been completely built around what the quarterback does. Well, um, the, the bills have been interesting, right? Because it's, it's kind of been the up and down a, a little bit. And we've kind of seen a little more of the break glass in case of emergency, Josh Allen type things, right? Running a little more empty using some of those d- designed runs, the, the QB power, QB draw, um, uh, because the, the passing game, I think is still well-designed and we've had this discussion before, but outside of Stefan Diggs, it's just, Anything you hoped for this receiving court just hasn't really stepped up. Um, so you, you still have stuff going to digs, which which works well, but it's you know a coin toss whether the throws to any of those other receivers are really going to make the impact that they're designed to have. Um, and, and I think that's been they've been tough for uh, the Bills' offense. I'm fascinated by what the Bengals defense is going to do uh, in this game. I think it's probably going to be a, a, a heavy or a heavy ish at least like it, we talk about the, the Bengals drop eight a lot. And like, obviously they, they run it a lot compared to other teams, but still ends up like on the high side. It's like maybe 15% of, of plays sometimes 15, 20%. But I think you can kind of do that against the bills. And that might be the optimal way to go especially the way they've played it against Patrick Mahomes, where it's, you know, rushing three and you still have that spy um, for the quarterback. And it's not completely rushing eight when you're still kind of using that, the potential fourth rusher as the guy just kind of sitting around and waiting for Josh Allen to, to make a move. Uh, and I think that's, that's kind of potentially how, Cincinnati can can slow this down um make Josh Allen you know sit in, in the pocket um a little bit because when he breaks the pocket and gets outside that's really when like those those deep shots are, are happening and when Josh Allen's outside of the pocket 0.23 EPA per play that's fourth uh, in the league has the highest a dot at 14.78 so if you're able to contain him a little bit have that drop eight in, into zones where you're not really able to to take advantage make him think a, a little bit um, he's only seen 25 dropbacks of, of drop eight this year, but negative 0.04 EPA per play, only a 47.6% completion percentage. Uh, there were some drops in that, but he had two. T- he also had two touchdowns uh, when the Steelers tried to do it, but the Steelers aren't quite as good defensively uh, as the Bengals are right now. Um, you know, 3.14 time to throw uh, against drop eight on those 25 dropbacks. Obviously, that's a small sample, but I think we can kind of see like that might just be the, the game plan uh, Cincinnati goes with. Um, so how that i think that side of the ball is the the one i'm looking forward to the most because i, I just kind of think uh, between uh, what the the bills have kind of had to rely on which is like josh allen please save us make a play because this the the playmakers haven't been able to to do quite as much um and then the the bengals just the, the one of the best game plan defenses uh that we've seen under lou Anarumo. so i think that like that's going to be fascinating yeah, Louis Anarumo deserves a lot of credit this year for the job that yeah. they've done. Cause they've they've had so many guys in and out of the lineup. I yeah. mean, you know, you're you're missing DJ Reader for a chunk of the season. Trey Hendrickson's missed time. Obviously, Shadobi Wuzier's out for the whole year. Mike Hilton missed some games. Uh, Sam Hubbard might not play in this one. Like they, they've had, they've been missing a lot of core pieces and still have found a way to get production and limit production from the opposition. You know, they just faced the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Uh, the, the interesting thing here is that the Bills, as they've gotten in trouble trying to find someone to step up outside of Stephon Diggs, is they've they've really started to, like, run the ball a lot better. Yeah. But the Bengals don't let you run on them. Right. So I'm curious to see, like, what happens in, in that development. Because it's kind of been an, a lifeline for the Bills. Is they've actually been able to run the ball a lot, a lot better here. 
uh, the back half there. You think like the games they got in trouble against the Browns, they were able to run the ball. They got in trouble against the Lions on Thanksgiving, were able to run the ball. They ran the ball all over the Patriots in that Thursday night game. Uh, last week, they're, they're, it's 10-6, the Bears at the half, and they just come out and they're able to, to run all over the Bears uh, in the second half of that game. And it's kind of been their lifeline. So uh, are they able to, to do that here? Because if the Bengals only have to take away Stephon Diggs, then we're back to square one again, right? So uh, that's what makes it interesting. Then the Bengals, uh, you look at everyone that was like worried about like the start of the year for them. It's all shifted. And, and you and I coming in the offseason were like, oh, last year, you know, it was a more of a talent over coaching thing. But I give the, the, the Bengals staff a lot of credit on both sides of the ball because they were constantly calibrating, like trying to find out how to crack the code on offense uh do we want to play less under center do we want to play at more tempo and they and you look at it since week five joe burrow is top five in the nfl it's all too high safety stuff like yep. just blowing it blowing it away so they've kind of solved this rubik's cube and they still can't really run the football and that's okay right like it, them not being able to run the football kind of helped them in a way like kind of push them to find the things that actually work uh, on offense um so yeah this is an exciting game for me i'm excited to see them play for the first time because we've seen like we know it's like Bengals, chiefs bills in the top of the afc and we've seen the chiefs play the bills and they've had fun games we've seen the chiefs play the Bengals and have fun games but we haven't seen the Bengals and the bills play yet so this is kind of fun uh in a number of ways and it matters like both these teams are going to go all out because the Bengals can still try to win the division the one seed is within grasp for all of these teams uh so hopefully it delivers here for us because it's it's one of these ones like these are apex. It's an apex game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, right now, Bills have a forty percent or forty-five percent chance of the number one seed um, heading into the game. For five thirty-eight, the Chiefs are right behind them at, at forty-four. So uh, with a win, this goes up to eighty-eight uh, percent for the Bills. Um, yeah, they play the Patriots next week. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and I mean, the, the Chiefs they play Denver. The Raiders. Chiefs play Raiders. Denver Raiders. So yeah. like they, they don't have a, a tough stretch either. But with um, with the tiebreaker, um, uh, the Bills are going in. Uh, Bengals right now is still 73% chance uh, to win the division. Um, that just goes up to 80 with this win. They get a 20% chance at the bye um, with a win. Obviously, with a win, you know, the Chiefs go up to 73% chance. So, you know. It's still a very outside chance for the Bengals to uh, get there, but yeah, again, a real fun game. And like you said, the the Bengals offense has has kind of figured some things out. Like you said, the you know they were clicking with the run game for a while when they shifted to uh, the very shotgun heavy offense, and they're still doing that. And obviously, the uh, the run game hasn't worked quite as well um, since week 14. It's only 18th uh, in EPA per rush, uh, 26th in success rate, only 9.2% of their runs going for, for 10 or more yards. But like you said, like they've been able to bail that out because the, the passing game has been so good and they've, they've figured out what they want to do there. I mean, and a lot of that has kind of been like, there's still been some like burrow hero moments too, right? Like some, some of those you know, two high looks. Um, we want to lay all Collins too in this one. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, there, there are things that are, are still maybe a, a little concerning than it was like during their real hot streak, but they've also had, they a, still, we talked about defense. Uh, they've had guys in and out on offense though, the whole way too. Like, yeah. you know, the, the amount of dropbacks probably since the start of the season where he's actually had chase Higgins and Boyd all on the field. Like it feels like one of those guys has been out uh, for the last 12 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to have that at full strength going against the uh, Bills defense, that's, you know, they kind of been been up and down also like the they've been still been able to, you know, create a, a little bit of pressure, um, you know, without Von Miller using a little more of the blitz. And I th- you can kind of blitz Burrow a little bit this year, like not he hasn't been as good um, as he was, you know, the last year when when he was very strictly um, on the on the no blitz list. Um but yeah, though on on especially on on third downs this year, you know on on third downs this year he's you know not getting blitz that often you know, since week twelve and, and really some of that shift at nineteen point three percent blitz rate on third down, but negative one point one seven EPA uh, per dropback. So if there's some things aren't going right, you can kind of get to them. So I'm interested to see what strings the Bills try to to pull there. Um, also. You know they can you know play they can play a little bit of man they can play a little bit of of that too high so 
uh, really interested to, to see what oh, what really you, you decide to attack because this, again this might be a uh, a game we we see uh, later in the playoffs. So do you want to give too much away here and, and maybe you know save some stuff? It you know fascinating uh, just the aspects on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean these teams could play again too. So you know what when we get revealed right yeah. for that matchup. Yeah, yeah, dude, very interesting. But uh, you know. I hope we do see it again. I hope we see all these teams play each other. Yeah, there's there's a there's a, a lot obviously they can't, but I, I want I want all I want to see it all. <laughs> see ball, just just a round robin for the next. Uh, I mean, honestly, next, let like, that be the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> let me have the Chiefs, the the Bengals, and the and the Bills. I know there's a lot of fan bases that roll their eyes, especially the Eagles. But let me just see the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills play like a you know a round robin. Yeah, there we go. That that would be uh, a lot of fun. But here we are. Uh, thankful that uh, our last Monday night uh, of the year. Uh, would you pick the Eagles over be... any of those teams? I know they're capable of beating all those teams, but would you pick them over any of those teams? Yeah, maybe. That I... was a, so. That was a no. No, I I <laughs> I think I'd pick the the Eagles over the Bengals. Okay, I think I still would. Um, I think it, yeah, be close against the Bills, maybe. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, also like the, the 49ers up there. Like the, the the top of the NFC is good. Like we we're talking about the the NFC because like three through seven uh, is is not great. Um, and Talk about the chaos of the 49ers go to the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy. That's gonna be fun, man. It's it's possible. They're good. They're oh yeah, good. they're real good. Um. So yeah, it, it fun fun stretch uh, that we got um going on here but uh the fun slate of games here they capping it off with a final a, a good monday night game which which is nice so here we go just uh two weeks left uh till we get to the postseason and wrapping it up so we still got a lot of fun things uh going on sharpfootballanalysis.com you can uh be looking at that for for packages you can still get some some fantasy uh packages be looking at that still got a of big full worksheet for week 17 for those of you uh in the, the fantasy championship game uh congratulations on that i hope you're doing well i still have plenty of dfs stuff that you can be uh, looking at going into um the final stretch of the, the regular season here so you find all of our work on sharpfulanalysis.com you find rich on twitter at lord reeves you find me on twitter at dan Pesuta. thank you guys for listening we will talk to you again soon